Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And this should have been episode 100 because this is the one where ASU made it to bowl eligibility and we can celebrate. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, ASU uh, got the game well in hand early against Oregon State. And, you know, there was more, I think, drama internally for fans than there was actually on the field but uh yeah 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 I mean it was it was one of those games that you know you look back on when it's done you think well that was never really in doubt um but certainly you know as as a fan who you know remember seeing some uh, wild results uh, you know in football um you know a two-score game was seven and a half minutes I'm not putting that game on ice and that's what it turned into Ultimately, uh, you know, they didn't score again, and they ended up cruising to the finish line, so that was good. I mean, ASU jumped out to a 30 to nothing lead. You know, Curtis Hodges had a great touchdown catch for the uh, second score in the first quarter. There was a safety when Wicker forced an intentional grounding yeah. in the end zone. DeMario Richard had two touchdown runs in the second quarter, and all seemed well. Um, you yeah. Know, but, I mean... It was... Look, the game was... 40 to 10 with 13 and a half to go in the fourth quarter. They let Oregon state come back with a pair of touchdowns um, and then drove down late to, with the chance to make it a one score game. I would say probably the worst part of the game. The most nervous was uh, when they recovered the onsides kick and marched down and scored. Yeah. Um, Scored pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, they scored twice within, I think a three minute span and, you know, at that point, again, it's two scores. Now it's two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. So you have a little cushion there, uh, you know. But, yeah, there, there was a little nerves, um, you know, just because it felt like for me, you know, we had taken the foot off the gas, not necessarily in personnel, but in terms of intensity. We just kind of seemed to be uh, floating through the fourth quarter once we got it to 40-10. to 10 and, and it's hard to then reapply the foot to the gas. We never really did, but we didn't have to. You know, they, they didn't make enough plays to get really scary. Um, and so, you know, hey, it was it was total domination in the first half, which is what I wanted to see uh, against a team that was, you know, 1-9 coming in and is now 1-10. We wanted to see, uh, you know, complete domination. That's what we got. To the extent you want to nitpick anything offensively, I, I think that it would be the play calling, only because for as – Poor as Oregon State was against the run, we seem to be much more willing to pass on first downs than I would have expected. Um, and that is especially notable with Nikhil Harry being dinged up, not playing at all in the first quarter because of no particular yeah. reason, according to Todd Graham. Right. Uh, Except he played on punt returns. Yeah, yeah. That. Uh, I, I mean, you know, if Todd Graham's tenure is almost over, we got one more classic lie. From Todd Graham, so that that's kind of nice to put a feather in our cap, uh, you know, fix this outright. Um, but Demario Richard, another hundred yard game, seventeen carries, hundred nineteen yards, and three scores. Balage, nineteen carries, hundred and three yards. Manny rushed for sixty yards on his own. Um, I don't understand why we didn't just do that in the second half. Why, you know, I know that yeah, you have to keep them yeah. honest, but it seems like that would have been. Let, but I let, don't think we needed to keep them honest. Like I, I felt like that was a game. And we joked about it last week, you know, in, in reference to that game. I felt like that was a game kind of like what happened to us against Arizona last year. We didn't need to get tricky. We didn't need to keep them honest. We didn't need to do any of those normal things because they were bad. 
and we were running through gigantic holes. I mean, that that made our offensive line look like, you know, the, you know, uh, Redskins of the 80s. Um, and it's not that good. Um, like, why why mess with that? Just run the ball and, you know, get out of there with without any difficulty. But, you know, it just seemed like they wanted to get a little cute sometimes and, and make it more adventurous than they needed to. Yeah, I mean, one thing, you know, Manny continued to protect the ball. ASU's one turnover came on a crazy play where Rennell Wren intercepted a pass and then immediately uh, took a helmet to the <laughs> football, which caused him to fumble, giving the ball yeah. back to Oregon State. Which uh, is one of those moments when, you know, when you are feeling that tension, uh, they got it to two scores. We went three and out. You know, they get the ball back with over five minutes. First play, I believe, of that drive was that, you know, and, and it was like, you know, quick, like, yes, okay, this game's over, interception, and oh, my God, he fumbled, and, uh, you know, and, and then they get it back, and, and you're kind of thinking, oh, man, is this, is this one, of those, one of those bizarre games like I'm talking about? Or like, we look back and think, how did that happen? Well, plays like that is how it happened. Um, it was an athletic luckily, play by Ren. Ren made a great play on the It was a very good play. Yeah, I mean, he read the play, and, and you know, whether intercepted or not, he the, the – just the reading of the play, I was impressed because usually you see these defensive linemen, they just, you know, turn and run, and then that's how you beat them with a screen. And he saw it coming um, and, and yeah, made a great play. And as you said during the game, I mean, you, you, you know, were correct in saying hard to fault him. I mean, he's not used to carrying the ball, um, you know, but at the same time, it's one of those like, oh, my God, that, you know, for, a, for about a second, the game was over. You know, we we get the ball there. We're going to kick a field goal at least. Then we're up three scores with under four minutes and all is well. And then they get it back. Like, oh, uh, no, this is this is one of those that worries me. And then they got, you know, down inside the 20, uh, but fumbled there. And I think it was Wicker who recovered that one. And that was that was it. Yeah, it was ASU wound up forcing three turnovers, but really only one mattered. There was Chase Lucas's interception on the Hail Mary before yeah. halftime. There was right. the back-to-back interceptions. And then as Oregon State was driving down, a low snap, Garrettson dropped it, and Wicker dove on it. They, they had had a problem snapping the ball earlier in the game, and Garrettson dr- dove in and was able yeah. to rip the ball back. This time, Wicker left no yeah. doubt. He put his uh, large frame between Garrettson and the ball and made it clear in ASU recovery. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, finally, that was the point where you could kind of exhale – um, we did end up giving the ball back, although we didn't because they roughed the kicker. Um, but even at that point, you know, t- still two scores with under two minutes and they were out of timeouts and you're thinking, okay, yeah, you know, your game's in hand. And, and then they never even got the offense on the field because of the penalty. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was fine, you know, and like I said, the, the first half is what you look at because even though it got a little dicey it never got real dicey. Um, and you know, it was what it was supposed to be. And it was what I thought we were off to that kind of start last week, let them back in the game this time. Um, you know, the foot didn't come off the gas until midway through the fourth quarter, which I guess you can live with. The thing I think that is most concerning as we head into rivalry week is the number of guys who got dinged up. Now everyone came back and was on and off the field, but Chase right. Lucas had an injury. Christian Sam had an injury. Nikhil Harry, you yeah. know, a few times had to come off with some sort of shoulder or elbow issue. Um, right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, it's that time of year. You know, I guess uh, it's been, well, we played six straight games since the bye week. Um, you know, your teams are beat up. I mean, Arizona probably is too. I, I don't 
pay as much attention to them. I don't know their status. I did read some some Twitter comments to the effect of, you know, uh, I, um, so hopefully that's the case, uh, you know, yeah. It's going to be interesting. You know, it's both teams know each other pretty well. It'll be, I think, a test of ASU's defensive line again. Will they allow yeah. Khalil Tate to just run all over them? Um, I hope not, but if Khalil Tate has to pass, ASU has a shot. If Khalil Tate doesn't have to pass, um, and it looks more like Georgia Tech, where you're just running an option until he dumps it over the top of your head, that's going to be a problem. I mean, rivalry games are always something interesting, but ASU last year not being able to do anything except allow the quarterback to run all over them, they got to be able to prevent that. (laughs) Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. I mean, and and that's obviously what this team does well. And, uh, you know, as I, I sent you a text last night, you know, Oregon hopefully gave us a little bit of a template um, because they he did not run well against them. They only had 32 rushing yards, uh, you know, and, and it wasn't like a game that was out of hand necessarily. I mean, they were only down seven midway through the third quarter. Um, so it's not like they had to throw a bunch, but they contained him. And, and so that's, uh, you know, Oregon's not a dominant defense. It's not like they've got so much great personnel that we don't have. So, I mean, I'm hoping our coaches are looking at that film closely I'm assuming Arizona's will too, and make some adjustments. But you know, let's let's do some of the things they did because obviously it worked pretty well. So, you know, we're looking down the barrel of bowl eligibility for the first time in a couple yeah. of years, and that's going to buy us 15 extra practices with the young guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eno Benjamin only had one carry, although he was impressive on a couple of kick returns yesterday. I think that the practice time is going to be very good for him, uh, Traylon Smith. And I assume that come the bowl game, we we will see some more of them, although I think the bowl game is going to be about trying to move Richard up the career rushing rankings for ASU. Yeah, yeah, you know, I would think so. And, I mean, obviously we don't know who we're playing yet, where we're playing, um, when, you know, which which can affect your schedule. I mean, we could be playing as early as the Vegas Bowl on December 16th, or we could be playing at the end of December. So that's going to affect how much practice time you can really get. Um, Because if it's December 16th, you're not going to get 15 practices in, obviously. There's no no way to even do that. So, um, yeah, we'll see, you know. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. Um, I've been pretty consistent over the years, you know, since the bull explosion began in the late 90s, early 2000s, that simply making a bull is not, you know, cause for celebration like it used to be. But it's better than not. And last year we didn't make one, so it, you know it, it feels good to at least have gotten to that level. Uh, before we leave this week, uh, I think that we should talk about scheduling, which was a feature component of many broadcasts because there was only one top 25 yeah. matchup, Wisconsin and Michigan. And it seems like the media took this week to hammer the SEC and the <laughs> ACC for playing their eight conference games and scheduling right. their mid-November bye, which, you know, right. Alabama played Mercer and yeah. other games like that that were just not inspiring. Um, no. Do you think if if it wasn't for the fact that Alabama has been so dominant in their, you know, recent yeah. saving run, do you think that this would impact the committee's rankings the way in basketball if you don't schedule a good non-conference 
it does. Yeah, it's it's funny. You're, I mean, it's funny that you bring that point up because I mean, the SEC and and in recent years, I think the ACC has kind of almost taken on. I mean, the SEC certainly has taken on favored status. Um, you know, we don't we don't question the SEC ever. Last year was a great year to do so. I mean, uh, this year it's better. Um, but last year, you know, beyond Alabama, I remember I think nobody had less than four losses. It was not a good conference. But we kind of never we never look at that. We just sort of take for granted, oh, the SEC is really tough. Well, sometimes it's not. Um, and well, certainly and having that extra non-conference game, you know, adds to the padding of records that maybe makes it look better than, it, than for example, the Pac-12, which, you know, beats up on itself another year this year where it did, um, probably took itself out of playoff contention. Well, to your point about the SEC last year, that was when everybody said, well, look, the SEC just beats up on itself. These teams are great. They're just eating right. each other alive. It's like, well, how come they get the benefit of the doubt on this sort yeah. of thing? But you the know? Pac-12 doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I think it's very easy um, because of, you know, we see more of the SEC teams um, or, or the, the nation does, I should say. You know, they, they don't play at, you know, 1030 Eastern time. Um, you know, so we're seeing those teams where we're used to those teams being good. So even when they're not good, like an LSU or a Florida, uh, we still think, well, it's LSU or Florida. Well, so, you know, and the Pac-12 doesn't have as many teams like that. They have USC. That's a historical power that maybe gets overrated uh, at times, you know. But beyond that, they don't. They don't really have that. So it's kind of easy to, oh, the Pac-12 is not very good this year. Well, the SEC, again, this year's better. You know, Georgia's good. Auburn's good. Um, the sect here, you know, with LSU, Mississippi State, uh, you know, Kentucky. I mean, there's, there's some good teams in the SEC. But it's, you know, do they pad their record by having an extra non-conference game? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's just obvious. Look at, you know, look at who the Pac-12 yesterday. Everybody was playing a conference game. And a lot of SEC teams were playing a non-conference game against either uh, out-of-power-five FBS team or an FCS team and the ACC was doing the same. I mean, Florida State, you know, they needed the game like that because they haven't had many, but, you know, they shortened their game to 10-minute quarters in the second half because it was such a beatdown against Delaware State. Um, so that's, you know, it's worthy of criticism, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where at some point those conferences are going to fall off or... Be, yeah. be treated as being on the same level as the Big Ten, Big 12, and Pac-12. And when that happens, yeah. you know, the fact that ASU next year is going to play San Diego State, Michigan State, and one, yeah. so, you know, projected weak non-conference opponent right. should matter compared to, you know, Alabama this year who played Florida State, three cupcakes, and then eight yeah. conference opponents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like, you know, the, they should apply some pressure, and that's really all you can do is apply pressure. But, you know, why is it that three of the Power Five conferences play nine conference games and the other two play eight? Like, that's that's just – it's not a fair comparison. Um, you know, the Pac-12 was the first to get there. Then the Big 12 got there because they started the round robin. This year, I think, is the first year the Big Ten did it. Um, so hopefully the other conferences will – kind of be pressured into it i know you know saban has has argued for it i'm not a big saban fan but you know he said hey we, we should be doing this we should be playing all power five well okay then do it you know lead the way uh you know it's easy to say go out and actually schedule that way and i'll be more impressed yeah i mean on the flip side if you're gonna play four non-conference games 
then do a, you know, the, like how basketball does those big East versus all tournaments. Right. Do an ACC versus SEC tournament for a week so you know yeah. that one of those games is going to be good. And, you know. I agree, yeah. It, I mean, it would be it would be nice, you know. But, yeah, I mean, that, that addition of the 12th game, which came about 10 years or so ago when, when they, you know, approved that for the regular basis, it basically just gave license to a lot of the major conference schools to just – schedule a cupcake rather than a buy and you know do it on the basis of oh well you know we'll help their athletic department by giving them a bunch of money and they do you know certainly i mean there's no doubt that they do um but at the same time it, it doesn't make for a very exciting week i mean some things were you know hard to project but yesterday was a weird day i mean by by eight o'clock eastern which is usually when the biggest games of the day are um the entire top 10 had played and won and so it was kind of like in a little bit of an anticlimactic finish to the day. UCLA USC was a fun game to watch for for me and uh, you know people who like West Coast football. I think, um, but there wasn't a whole lot of feel that anything was on the line yesterday. It was kind of a stay the course week, and now things get much more intense this week and next to determine who goes where. Well, ESPN having to spin it this morning with their headline being you know. This week didn't do anything to dampen the spirits for right. rivalry week. It's like, that's not good. <laughs> right, that's right. not a good look. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, game day was trying real hard yesterday to say, you know, well, the last time we had a week with this few ranked matchups, there was upsets, and, and there was. Uh, yesterday, there were none. Um, I mean, there were a couple of, you know, Miami was kind of on the ropes a little bit early, and, you know, but they ended up pulling away. Uh, Wisconsin was down in the second half. They ended up pulling away. I mean, there, there was never really anybody – in doubt of winning most of the games were blowouts you know among top 10 teams now it does set up an interesting week next week a lot of good ones and you know we could talk more about those uh, in our midweek conversation uh, good games a lot of top 10 teams on the road against their rivals um, you know so there will be some interesting games there uh, you know with a lot of chances to play spoiler for rivalry schools basically yeah it's gonna be this week is always fun there's a chance for things to just go completely crazy. Yeah, uh, there is. There is. I mean, there's some interesting ones in the sense of, like, games where teams are in their conference title games already, so they don't need the game for that, but they need it for, you know, Clemson, Oklahoma, Miami. Um, you know, they're, these are – they're in their conference title games. But if they lose this week, you know, Georgia is another one <laughs> that affects their national title picture. So – It'll be interesting. I mean, you'd expect probably one or two of those teams to get upset. Usually that's what happens when you have so many top ten teams playing on the road. Not everybody wins. But we'll see. You know, maybe they'll all follow script, and it'll set up some big conference title games the following weekend, obviously. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. We're going to do, uh, do a little preview of the rivalry game in the Territorial Cup. We're going to talk about ASU basketball, who's off to a 3-0 start, playing Irvine today. Yes, yes. Uh, trying to see if they can keep their streak of 20-plus point victories alive. Um, yeah, 90 points in three straight games. That's a long ways from the Herb era. Yeah. We're lighting up the scoreboard. It's what uh, it's what the Valley needs from a basketball team. That's right. So It is, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk some college football. We'll we'll look around. We'll take It's a good time to take stock, both personally yes. about what you have to be thankful for, but also That's about right. what That's sporting right. events we have to be thankful for. That is right, yes, yes. It's a fun time of year in football. Start to finally get some answers to things. So Matt and I will be back uh, early next week. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.